Welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast, helping you invest in property for freedom, choice, and profit. You'll learn new, innovative, and multiple streams of property income, whether you want to start, scale, or systemize, and even if you don't have deposits. Hi, it's Rob here, and welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast. Now, you may notice something. I am not Peter Jones, so I've hijacked these next two episodes, a part one and a part two, of the upsides and downsides of joint ventures. Now, Progressive Property is a joint venture, and the 720 properties that Mark and I own, co-own, and manage are all joint ventures. None of my money was put in from the start, because I didn't have any, because I was in a lot of debt, and Mark had some deposits, then he ran out, and we had to go finding money, doing joint ventures, getting loans, joint venturing in the uh, training side of the business. So, hey, look, we're one, what, 11, 12-year case study of a joint venture that's worked, but it's had its challenges. And some people are on the side of joint ventures are a a big pro because you can scale up buying, you don't have to use your own money, you can leverage other people, but other people in business feel like, oh, well, you can't trust anyone. And when when they go wrong, they're like a divorce and no one does a job as good as me. And so I thought it'd be great to explore both the upsides and the downsides of joint ventures so that you can get a balanced view so that you can decide if you want to scale up, or at least if you're in a joint venture, work out how to get the, the most out of it, how to maximise it, uh, so that you make sure that you buy more properties sustainably. Uh, it, you know, When you partner, you're not duplicating or getting in each other's way of the tasks. You're treating your joint venture partner the way you'd like them to treat you. And of course, the main benefit is you don't have to use your own money. You're constantly financing the expanding of your portfolio. So this is part one where we'll mostly focus on the upsides and then part two will focus on the downsides and then some other added bits of content that you'll need to know about joint ventures. Now, joint ventures are discussed a lot in property and business and and usually you get people... They, they've got their foot in either one extreme camp or the other, i.e. joint ventures are great. You can scale much quicker. One plus one equals three. Many big companies are joint ventures if you model them. If you look, for example, Bose joint venture with car manufacturers, sponsorships with footballers and celebrities are joint ventures between the company and the celebrity. If you look at Berkshire Hathaway, Warren Buffett's major company has eight, about 80 other companies that are under this holding company and many of those are partnerships. And then on the other side, you have people say, oh, well, your partnerships slow you down. They mess up. It's like being married and then divorced. So much easier and quicker just to do everything yourself. And um, if it weren't for joint venturing, you know, with Mark Homer and with our joint venture partners, I probably would have been lucky to have five or 10 properties. Who knows? Not many. Uh, And Mark and I have bought over 720 now, of which we co-own and own or manage all of those. And so I I think it's fair to say for both Mark and I and our partners, because we have other partners as well, you know, the results have have grown quicker. uh, They're they're bigger than were we working on our own. So what I'm going to do for you is I'm going to go through the upsides, the downsides, and then the common mistakes that happen in joint ventures. And yeah, okay, I'm probably going to come from a property specific slant here, but this is about business relationships, even your staff. I mean, if you see your staff as underlings and you as some kind of guru leader, I don't think that's the right way to grow a great business where people want to work with you. If you see the work you do with your staff as joint ventures, which I do, uh, partners, then I think you're going to grow a thriving business. If you want to grow, you're going to have to let go. 
Okay, so upsides then of joint ventures. Number one is one plus one equals three. You know, in the case of Mark and I, Mark now mostly manages the properties. He mostly manages the finance and the finance department in Progressive. He does the cost control. He covers the legal aspects of our business and the contracts. He covers the dealings with HMRC, etc. Managing getting our tax bill down. And that's all within one kind of you know, if you think left brain and right brain, that's all in that in one extreme thought process. It's a very specific skill set of which I'm terrible at and I don't enjoy. And then if you think what I do, it's brand, it's vision, it's leadership, it's building the team, uh, it's the training, it's the creativity, the innovation, the, 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 the materials that we put out there, the courses that we design. Um, the social media. And I don't say that to say, hey, look, I'm great at all those things. There's people in the world better than me at those. But I do those. And I do some of those well and some of those not so well. Um, but the reality with Mark is he doesn't like doing that. You know, like he does a podcast episode every 20 years. <laughs> he might, I might even let him publish this just to help him out. And he can leverage me on that. You rarely see him doing social media posts. He's not a public eye kind of person, you know, and that kind of thing. Um, and actually, when he does do it and write books and things like that, I'm mostly pushing him to do that. And I'm quite happy with him cracking on over there and doing all of his things because I get 50% benefit of that. And he's more than happy to, you know, stick... Uh, a firework up me and let me spark off over here and go and do those things um, because he gets 50% benefit from it. So, so essentially, we're leveraging different skill sets. And then the next thing, which is important, number two, is therefore our strengths and weaknesses are balanced because Marx is so strong in his finance, accounting and deal sourcing area that, you know, he doesn't have strengths. He's sort of, he's the counterbalanced opposite, say, for example, on social media, like doing a live feed video like I am now would petrify him. I know he could do it, but he wouldn't see it as a strength and he'd have to take a long time to learn that. It was really difficult getting a book out of him and he's a great author. I think he should write more, but you know, that it's just not his flow. Um, and, and my strengths counterbalance his weaknesses and vice versa. I'm terrible at research. I'm so impatient. If it's not on page one of Google, it doesn't exist. Whereas Mark will spend hours and hours researching and really enjoy it and love doing the research. I want the baby and not the labor pains. The third thing then is, it's therefore important for you to find a partner who's got opposing skill sets. But, and this is an important, I guess, caveat to that, is that you must have a similar vision. Um, because if I want to do business for a year and Mark wanted to do it for his lifetime, that's not going to work. We're going to, you know, at the very least have one good year together and then we're going to probably have an awkward um, separation. Uh, you know, if Mark was a pure capitalist and I was a pure philanthropist, that wouldn't work, for example. So I think posing skill sets brought a similar vision. And Mark and I both want to be in property and business forever. We love the idea of compounding. We want to do this when we're 55, 85, 95. We want to pass it on to our kids if they're interested in it. You know, we do business and property as a passion and a profession. So we do both. We talk about it when we go out for dinners and evenings. I want to talk about it on Christmas Day. And so does he. And some people think we're weird for that. Uh, so that's important because when we've had disruptions and challenges and difficulties and, for example, I've cocked something up and, you know, he's not not very happy about that. The fact that we've both got a, a long term aligned vision really helps us go through those challenges, those difficulties. Uh, and I think that's important. So oppose. So see, the thing is, if you have the same vision, but the same skill set, you get in each other's way. If you have. Um, a different vision, but opposing skill sets, you just go down different paths. Because if, if two of you are doing the same thing, one of you isn't needed. If you both have a really different vision, you'll just be passing ships. Okay, next then is you get to do what you love, i.e. these are what I'm really strong at and I have good self-worth in that and I'm going to do that a lot and I like doing it. Now, if you don't have a partner, that other area of finance, management, whatever, 
it, it, it just doesn't happen or it, it breaks your business because, you know, for example, if I'm good at driving the top line of the business and the growth, um, that's all fine. But if it's not managed well, you know, you can turn over 20 million a year and it can cost you 30 million a year. So I need someone like Mark who oversees the management, the cost control, the, the net profit margin. So often me being good at what I do, if I haven't got a partner who's good in the opposing skill set, I can actually ruin my business being good at what I'm doing because, you know, but basically more turnover without margin exaggerates the problem. And with Mark, if he's so good at cost control and analytics, he never goes out there and earns any money or he's too, maybe a little bit too tight fisted, for example, his strength can also be his weakness. So, I mean, we all have this fantasy. This um, It's actually realistic to do this if, if you do it this way. We have this fantasy that we get to do more of what we love and less of what we don't. Well, in reality, in business, business and property, if you're on your own, you have to do what you love and you have to do what you hate. And if you don't do both in your business and your property portfolio will break. But when you have a great partner, that you know, fantasy that you have of do, only doing what you love is, is achieved because someone else is outsourced, leveraged, partnered up with you doing what you hate. And here's the weird part for you and the really fun part. You can't imagine anyone loving that stuff that you hate, managing tenants, doing inventory, sorting out your boilers, everything else, doing all the cost control, the systems, the analysis, if you're more like me, of course. How you could, like, for someone to love that, you almost think they're weird. They love that and they almost think you're weird. And that's the great thing in having a partnership. And often you can be so good at something, but not able to do it because you've got to sort out all the rubbish that you hate. Like the, the greatest example of this is the end of year when everyone's doing their own tax returns. Most of the people doing their tax returns didn't wake up when they were five years old and go, oh, I want to do my tax returns. That is my dream to do my own tax return. I mean, it, you know, like the, the team always have a bit of a nightmare with me. They're trying to find all my bank statements. They're trying to reconcile all the money in, the money out. It's all a bit of a big mess. Um, but I have my team do that and I do not get involved in that. I would mess that up. It would take me a long time to mess it up as well. And it would take me away from what I'm good at. OK, you know, you can leverage your partner. I mean, Mark even does worrying for me. He gets sleepless nights. He, his brain is like a supercomputer. He's always on, 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 worrying. All, he's always thinking. And even does the worrying for me. He does all the, you know, my tax returns for me. He does all the profit and loss and the management accounts for me and all the dealings we have with HMRC and the VAT runs, you know, and everything else. And he does all that for me. And of course, I do a lot of the content and putting it out there for, for Mark. I, um, I co-wrote Mark's books and I helped him get his content out. Otherwise, that may never have happened. So, so you, you get to leverage someone um, doing what you hate and they love. Next then in having a partner is you get to share in victories. Now, when you have a victory and, you know, aren't you like desperate and excited to tell other people because a victory that you get on your own and you can't share with anyone, well, that's no victory. Uh, and when you have a partner, you get to share victories, you get to celebrate. Uh, you get to look forward to talking to someone who's actually interested in it because maybe a lot of people who you hang around with, they're like, oh, I don't want to hear Rob going on about all this property bollocks all over again. Uh, so that's a great thing about having a, a partner as well. And you get help when you get defeated, when you have challenges, when it's difficult. You've got someone to bounce ideas off. You've got catharsis and therapy. Often a lot of the conversations Mark and I have, they're therapeutic for us because we're, like, you know, we're able to have a rant in, in private because we don't think it's professional to do it in public. And he's able to just let things out and feel better. And so am I. And when things are going bad for either one of us, the other one can lift us up and support us. When things are going bad for both of us, we're not alone. And that, 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 you know, these last two things, sharing the victories, not being alone and, you know, help and catharsis and therapy for when things are going bad. I can't tell you what money that's worth. I mean, you couldn't, it's priceless, you couldn't put a figure on it, but it's worth a huge amount of money. And I would have given up or changed or got distracted, frustrated, depressed, definitely without Mark 
And, you know, I, I don't know what he would say, but he might say something similar. Next thing about the great, the upsides about having partners is you get a load more done. I mean, you, you don't just get twice as much done. You get three, four or five times as much done because you're doing what you love. You're in flow. Therefore, you're doing what you love quicker than if you had to do other things. They're doing what they love. They're doing it much quicker because they don't have to do the things they hate. So you're both in flow, getting three to five times as much done as you would normally. They compound on each other and leverage each other. So it's fair to say you're five or ten times more efficient having just two of you. And then, of course, I can leverage my side of the team. Mark can leverage his side of the team. I can manage people I like to manage. He can manage people he likes to manage. You might get 15, 20, 30, 50 times as much done with partnerships. Okay, Uh, you have multiple streams of income. So with progressive property, we have our books, we have our products, and I've created uh, most of those. We have our audio books, we have our podcasts, uh, we have our training companies, and all of those, um, our best year was 19 million a year in in booked revenue. Uh, And, you know, that may grow to more in the future. And most of that is driven by me. Uh, We have a letting agency that's driven by Mark that makes a good few hundred grand a year. We have 700 properties that we own, co-own or manage, co-own or manage that's mostly driven by Mark that creates residual income and has capital kickoffs. And we have other um, businesses as well. Now, I would not have half of those if I were doing this all on my own. And he would not have half of those if he were doing it on his own. And I would rather share... 50% of a lot more than have 100% of a lot less. Okay, Uh, you build double the network, you build double the reach of joint venture partners, Um, you you know, you get to bounce off each other. I think people admire people who've been able to go through and endure long-term partnerships. So, you know, there are a huge amount of upsides uh, in having partners. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you what the downsides and mistakes are by listing them out. But I think I'll save them for another podcast um, and another live feed just because otherwise we'll be here for another hour because I can talk a lot. And also, I think it would be a nice counterfoil. So look out for a part two on this. So downsides are less autonomy. Um, You have to share half, although I actually like that. It's often hard to find the right partner. You might have to kiss a few frogs first. You might have had partners before and you might be scarred and carrying baggage. It can be really, really messy when it exits. It can hold you back because you feel like someone's putting the reins on you. By the way, I need that. You need that. You just don't think you need that. Um, And then the mistakes people make in partnerships are they focus on what they want rather than what the partner wants. They're too selfish. Um, they, they focus on what the partner isn't bringing instead of focusing on scaling up and being the change that they want to see. They should be committing to be the best partner instead of trying to make that partner the best partner. They dump their emotions onto their partner. You know, often our wives and our best friends and our husbands and our closest associates, they get the worst side of us. Like, you know, your kids behave well at school and then they're a bit naughty at home. And it shouldn't be like that. And you want to manage those emotions Often people aren't honest in partnerships and I think they should be. There aren't clear roles and responsibilities. You often duplicate tasks. Sometimes there's not enough clarity of the divisibility of roles and responsibilities or there's no partnership agreement or contract. Often partners get greedy. Often they don't listen. Often they want to do it their way. Often they're too controlling. Often they can't let go. Often they get into bed with partnerships too early. So we're going to cover the downsides and the mistakes people make in partnerships in part two. I'll probably add some other upsides 
Um, but the reality is there are partners everywhere. So start going out and building relationships. You don't have to go and have partners straight away. You know, you wouldn't uh, date and immediately propose on the first date. Well, okay, maybe you were, would if you one in a million found the person. But you know, it's okay to date. It's okay to watch people from a distance. Mark watched me from a distance for months and he didn't tell me he was doing it because my behavior would have changed. I would have felt the pressure. I would have tried to impress him or I would have asked him for money too early. I would have broken some fundamental rules. So for now, I would say build relationships with the aim of building relationships, getting to know people, watch them from a distance for a while, you know, a few months, maybe weeks, months, I don't know, and see how they perform when they think you're not looking, see how they perform when they're not trying to impress everyone, see how they treat everyone and the smaller people as well as the the people that they're trying to impress. Um, you don't have to rush to get into partnerships. If you get into the right one, it can be amazing. Um, and yeah, part two, we'll go to the downsides, the mistakes and some more upsides. So hopefully you found this live feed video into the progressive property community useful. And if you're listening to this on a podcast, you found it useful too. I just want to say a huge thank you to Mark, my amazing business partner, my best friend. One of the proudest moments in my life was to be his best man at his wedding. Uh, uh, because we've worked together for, what, 11 years now, and he still holds me in high enough regard as one of his best friends to be his best man, which is, I'm very proud of that. And, um, you know, we've had an amazing partnership, and we've made some mistakes, and we've had some victories, uh, and I'm sure that's going to carry on into the future. We've learned so much about each other. Um, I definitely was a much harder person to work with in the earlier years, um, and, and I know I'm not the easiest person to work with now in many regards. He puts up with me crashing the cars and the insurance renewals going up to 30 grand per car for Rob and, you know, dealing with all the mess that, and the chaos that I create. And so, Mark, I'm very grateful to that if you are listening. Thank you very much. Uh, and, and it's a great gift um, if you can find the right partner. Thanks for tuning in.